This is Masonic Muscle, where we explore the mysterious origins, history, traditions, and symbols of Freemasonry, while at the same time encouraging you, brethren, to increase your level of fitness one degree at a time, strengthening your body, mind, and soul, and getting an awesome mental, muscular, and spiritual pump, progressively increasing the resistance, because Freemasonry is a progressive science. We give you more light, but we don't use light weights. Once again, brethren, I'm going to ask you, have you been reading your cipher? California Masons and Masons all across the United States that use a cipher, have you been using and reading your cipher? Have you been working on your memory work? You know what time it is. You know that you have a degree coming up and you probably are supposed to give the lecture or open an obligate. Why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you working on it? And you know what? Do it by little chunks at a time. 10 minutes a day, here and there. You read it, you reinforce what you know. It begins to become second nature. And before you know it, you're good at it. Have you been strengthening your Masonic knowledge base? Have you? Have you been doing any kind of research, any kind of study, any kind of memory work? Again, I know I said that, but I'm going to say it again. And have you had any kind of, uh, you know, the, the real, the, I think one of the easiest and best ways we all learn is through actual conversation, active conversation, Socratic method style, trivium style that we call it. And if you apply some of this at your home lodge, then you'll be well on your way to beginning to learn how to explore certain thoughts, ideas, symbols, all of that that we're supposed to be exploring in Freemasonry. And you'll be learning how to break it down using the grammar, etymology, understanding what words mean, how they were used a certain uh, period of time, where that word comes from, and where the confusion may be coming from, because let's face it, these politicians and uh, uh, people that have been doing this a long time, using that rhetoric, they do it to confuse you. And finally, have you been making exercise the cornerstone of your daily routines? If not, why not? I don't get it. I don't get it. Now, recently at my mother lodge, Palm Springs Lodge number 693, we just had installation of officers. That's right, our 75th this year. Our lodge turns 75. We're going to have a celebration later on this year when the Grand Lodge is down here in the Valley and um, putting on their Masters and Wardens retreat down in Indian Wells. And uh, so they were gracious enough to grace us with their presence and join us because they were already down here. You know, they didn't have to go far. So we said, okay, let's do it. And uh, speaking of installation, have you guys ever thought about where that whole ceremony comes from? It, it isn't from time immemorial, by the way. This is something relatively new, just like many of the things that we believe 
have always been this way, like the three degrees. And then later on, we find out that there was only one degree. Well, it's the same thing with this is it, an evolution. And you learn that uh, somewhere along the line, someone decided to make it a point that if there's a new master of the law is to have some kind of ceremony to, you know, memorialize that and install him. And then somehow it began to evolve into the full-blown installation ceremony that we know of now. And as a Mason, this is part of what we're supposed to be learning about because that is one of the highlights of the year for a lot of lodges. At least it was uh, when I started here way back in 2000, somewhere around there. Got to look at the records, but the, uh, the installation of officers, I remember the first time I went, man, it was a packed house. You know, our lodge is small, but you know, there, uh, there's 80 to hundred people there. And then about 50 to 60 of them went down to the, uh, can't remember, but downtown Palm Springs where our secretary had already reserved a spot for us for dinner. So we were going to be served. So no one, no brother had to be in the kitchen. We were all together. We all broke bread together. There were toasts. There were speeches. There was announcements. And uh, that was my introduction, part of my introduction. The other one was past master night. And we truly had past master night. Every single chair was filled with a past master from my very lodge. And, uh, you know, for the first two or three years of my Masonic career, uh, we, I, I had the honor, the privilege and the honor of uh, witnessing three master Mason degrees put on by our past masters on a past master night. And let me tell you, they knew their stuff. These old OGs were dead on with their ritual. And uh, that left an impression on me. Speaking of history and history of the installation. Today's article is called A Short History of Freemasonry to 1730. And this was an article that came out in 1949 in the Philalethes magazine. And this is what it had to say back then when it was promoting it. It says, this is almost a pocket-sized book of only 148 pages, including a full index. But the old adage that precious things come in a small packages certainly applies to this volume. It is another must for a Mason interested in his fraternity. And for those of you who haven't heard of this little book, you're going to have to ask yourself, why not? All right. That's one of the gems, little gems that I've been talking about. And I'm going to keep bringing them up here little by little as time goes by. All right, let's, let's go on with this article. It explodes many of the myths of Freemasonry that have plagued us for so many years. It presents in a scholarly and interesting fashion the development of Freemasonry from the medieval period to 1730, when the Grand Lodge system was well on the way to becoming a permanent institution. And do not be too sure about the Guild origin theory in its entirety. Noop and Jones have some interesting new light to throw on, on that subject. The book traces the earliest development of the Mason's word, the system of three degrees, English, Scottish, and Irish contributions to the craft 
and the possible origin of the Royal Arch. On the latter subject, they present some astounding ideas that reveal new insight on the early craft workings and their later developments. It is unfortunately one of the few Masonic books that is thoroughly scholarly and presents the facts in a clear manner, a guess being a guess, a theory being a theory, and nothing more. And then it says, if you are searching for the latest in Masonic research, by all means, add this book to your library. November 1949. Yeah, why haven't you heard of that book? You get presented with all these other books, but going back to these basics where two brothers got together and did some pretty amazing research. Now, I had the incredible luck not too long ago. I was at a thrift store perusing through there, and I went to the book section, and lo and behold, that book was right there. Could not believe it. Could not believe it. Paid a dollar for it. Hardbound. First edition. Look that book up. It's $150 or more. Because I think it was limited print. But when I got it, I finally got home. Cracked it open. And it is everything that I just read. It is and more. It is concise, no fluff, there it is. And even though this article says it explodes many of the myths of Freemasonry that have plagued us for so many years, I'm not exactly sure if that's entirely true. Maybe it was overzealous being overzealous or not, but I'm not sure. Anyhow, all right. The other day, uh, was at the last podcast, two podcasts ago, I was talking about aches and pains. And I've been going through some recently. I must have slept wrong. And both sides, you know, both sides of my neck are tight and sore, shoulders. You know, I'm, it feels like I'm losing strength on my left side. It, it's kind of awkward. It's kind of weird. And it, it just happened. And I noticed that it was both of them. So, I found the article where Bill Hinburn, the article was titled Aches and Pains. So I went to it and this is what it has to say. He says, sooner or later, everyone who does heavy exercise experiences aches and pains. It's normal. I'm not talking about the muscle soreness that is associated with progressive overload that disappear after a few days. I'm referring to the nagging aches and pains that usually settle in the joints, the back shoulders hips or knees are usually the target areas cold and damp weather usually magnifies the discomfort while it affects those that have never even so much as stepped over a barbell it really hits those of us who are guilty of slamming and banging the heavy stuff in our misspent youth so what do you do about it aspiring along with all sorts of other over-the-counter products can aid in easing the pain Aspirin, I'm sorry, instead of aspiring. <laughs> aspirin. Topical preparations can be applied to the trouble areas. Pay more attention to proper warm-up techniques and add stretching exercises to your routines. If you start experiencing symptoms over time, over training, as I have discussed many times before, take an extra day off to recover. Ain't that the truth? 
try changing your training routine from time to time. And if you are puzzled as to what exercises, sets, reps, etc., are the most productive when approaching middle age, here, here's the best book that will provide you with many of the answers. There's the hook, right? There it is. There's the hook. To begin, this book has over 50, you read it right, 50 different training programs specifically designed for the mature lifter. It teaches you how to combine cardio training and strength training. This is something that is constantly being kicked around and is important for everyone regardless of age. It explains in detail how to protect your joints. This alone is worth the price of the book. Click on this link and order your copy today. The name of the title is Gray Hair and Black Iron. And who wrote it? None other than Mr. Dinosaur Training, Brooks Cubic. That's right. That's right. And he wrote it because if you look on the internet and you find Brooks Cubic, you're going to see, like, I, like I've uh, suggested in the past, you'll find him. You'll find him doing these crazy lifts. And uh, you, you see he's a, I don't know how tall he is. Maybe he's my height, you know, 5'11", but he, he's like just this muscular, thick dude, powerful. And I'm not talking about, you know, he's got abs and he's, oh man, he's jacked. No, you just see him and you just see a powerful build. And he's like the, uh, the, the Bill Belichick of weightlifting world during that time. You know, the hoodie, you know, the cutoff sleeves, you know, Bill Belichick's over there on the sidelines looking kind of weird but he winning well brooks cubic would get a sweater and just chop it up and not chop it up like high around the arm so you can see his guns nah he just cut it off so for for more you know ease of movement with his arms maybe cut around the the neck so it's not so tight around his neck because he you know he did have a pretty big neck and then he'd do his lifts like that you know, put on his belt. There's all kinds of chalk flying everywhere because he applied a lot of chalk, chalk on his shirt, on his pants. And he was just down there grinding away, lifting. And so after a while of all this banging and clanging and heavy lifting, his uh, joints began to give him real big problems. And then he developed uh, an exercise routine that was pure body weight work. And he developed this routine. I, don't, I forgot. I think it was a uh, dinosaur bodyweight training or something like that. You can find it online. I, th I believe he still sells it on his site, website. And that was to help alleviate the pain he started to have in his joints, in his shoulders, in his elbows, in his knees. And I believe it helped him. I know he started to weightlift again and pound the weights, but um, this is common. So we have to take care of our joints. We have to take care of our, of our knees, you know, our shoulders, our neck, all that. We have to pay attention to that, especially as we're aging. Uh, you know, my best friend and I that work out here in the dungeon and in his house, we're going to be 50 this year. How about that? And so this resonates with me. It really does. And we have to be cognizant of that. We're not going to, we're aging, not de-aging. I don't know what you would call that. Using. So respect mother nature, respect mother nature.
All right. So I recently got a another email. And it was from our buddy Cliff, I believe. <laughs> and what he said was that I believe where he is at. All right, is it Cliff or not? Well, oh boy, I thought I had it here. Ready to go. And And I don't have it. Or was it Cole? One of you guys, you know who you are, sent me a, an email. And it basically said, hey, where I'm at, you know, it's snowed in. We got a bunch of snow. And I guess all I can do now, they're snowed in. All I can do now is start doing some Hindu squats and some push-ups. I'm going to get at it and some burpees, I believe he said. So that was, you know, that was pretty cool. So good looking out and keep working. Things are beginning to roll. All, you know, lodges and, and officers have been installed. The, the real work begins, you know, the, 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 the glamour and the glitter of, oh, where I'm installed and, and all this. And all that begins to wear out because now you got to begin the grind of getting ready for state of meeting if you're part of the leadership administrative. And you got to figure out a way to make it interesting. At our lodge, we, we really worked hard to make the stated meeting the meeting you don't want to miss. And part of what we did was we really honed down all the unnecessary stuff that goes on during a state of meeting. It takes 10 minutes here in California. It takes 10 minutes to open a lodge, officially open a lodge for business. And then from there, it's going to take, it, it began to take us less and less time to conduct business to where now it, it takes us 10 minutes. We've been talking throughout the month. We know what we have, the bills that, gotta, that have to be paid. Um, you know, we, we uh, any, any motions that have to be made, it's already been pre-discussed. And we've talked about it with some of the other members in the lodge so that we all know what's coming. We know what it's about. Any extracurricular conversations can be had through phone calls, through other meetings at Lodge when we just go for fellowship night and, and all that can be hashed out. So we're not wasting any sideliners time with unnecessary questions and people getting up. Would you familiar anybody? You know, no, no. And so it takes 10 minutes to open the Lodge and then it takes us 10 minutes to conduct all business. It's just ruthlessly efficient with our time and we even have an hourglass as soon as the lodge is open we flip the hourglass and that's what we have we have one hour because we respect members time we don't want to waste your time and we don't want you to waste ours and many times we got so good that many times it just so happened that when we finish all of our business because that's 20 minutes right 20 10 minutes to open 10 minutes to 
you know, conduct all of our business. Now we have a Masonic education time, which is a topic of discussion. It takes maybe one minute to present the topic of discussion. The lodge is a call from labor to refreshment so that we don't have to get up, sign, and waste all the time with doing that. And it's just an open discussion. Usually it takes about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, maybe a little bit longer than that, but we only have 40 more minutes. Then we're done. We close lodge. And most of the times there's still, there's still grains of sand in the hourglass. But a lot of you that have been installed and now performing, uh, getting uh, stated meetings, getting ready. If you guys are not ready that way, you're going to, you guys are asking for pain, pain. And everybody has to pitch in. Everybody has to pitch in. It's not one person's responsibility with that. And what I mean with, uh, by that is that you have five elected officials that have a very particular, you know, uh, task to perform throughout the month. So if you're not, you know, doing it, then you're going to be, you know, you're going to be uh, asking for long stated meetings, long, boring stated meetings. All right. So that's all I have for you today. Our, our next episode after this one, hopefully I'm going to be heading out of town, out of the country, actually. Hopefully I get back before then and uh, being able to get this. So I'm going to, I'm going to read a, a pretty thoughtful article from one of the listeners, Cole Kubicki. All right. And I'm going to present to you a workout routine that he's come up with. You know, it's Masonically inspired called the Solomon set. How about that? Yeah, that's right. This is Masonic Muscle, and this has been another exercise in critical thinking and speculation. Challenge you all. Challenging you all to question everything. Stay strong. Take care of your health. Eat well. Exercise. Spend time with your family, friends, relatives, and neighbors. Stick together. Stay united. And remember, Brother Master Masons, if you do not, as a Mason, contribute to the common stock of knowledge and understanding, you may be deemed a drone in the hive of nature, a useless member of society, and unworthy of our protection as a Mason. Peace out.